Welcome to Rheumatology Republic's In Conversation podcast. This special series is broadcast daily from the American College of Rheumatology's Convergence 2022 in Philadelphia, USA. Hi, I'm Julian Segan. I'm reporting to you for Room Republic from ACR in Philadelphia 2022. We're at day one of the conference, and I'm absolutely delighted to welcome one of my heroes in medicine, Dr. Adam J. Brown. Adam, I'll get you to introduce yourself. Sure. Hi. I'm th- thanks so much for having me. This is very exciting. I'm Adam J. Brown. I'm an MD working at Cleveland Clinic. I'm Associate Program Director for the program at, at the Cleveland Clinic. And I think you forgot one of your other places that you work as well. You do some online work, is that right? Oh, at the Ruminations? Where do you run? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ruminations, yeah. So my, my other job is I, I host the podcast Ruminations. So we'll just talk a bit about ACR and what your experiences are. So what's it like being back at the first live meeting for a few years? And how do you think this compares to previous live meetings? Yeah, I'm, I've been excited about this for a while. I remember like the feeling of when the last year's was canceled as in person. I was like, oh man, I felt really kind of disheartened. I was so excited about being in person at ACR just for reasons like this, like just running into you, meeting you in person. And it's fun to see colleagues that you haven't seen in multiple years at this point in person. And you're just walking between talks and you run into someone you haven't seen and you talk for a while. So it's just this fantastic networking. And you get a sense of, you know, how big rheumatology is and you see all these people from all over the world just walking around this hall you hear all these different languages so it's great it kind of gets this worldly sense of rheumatology kind of going on all over the place and it's just fun to be here it's fun to see colleagues in terms of how it compares it feels like there's a lot of people here so I think that if I was worried it's going to be really kind of dampened down on the amount of people it's hard to tell because this is my first time at the Philadelphia Conference Center so I'm not sure how in terms of the narrow, narrow the halls and stuff like that it may just make it look like more people but it feels like there's thousands of people here which is kind of the sense that you've gotten from previous ACRs. I remember as a fellow, when I first went to ACR, I was just completely floored by just how many people were walking around and how many sessions were happening and that, that feeling of, which I feel now, is that you're always missing something. Like, oh my God, there's so many things going on at once. I'm like, I'm messing, I'm missing something. That's, it. That's one of the good things about Twitter, I guess, is you're able to kind of follow people and everyone's in different sessions talking about different things. So it's kind of a, adding technology to in-person has really made things really good, I think. So are you doing the conference as a hybrid? Are you on your computer while you're at the conference? How do you experience it? Yeah, so I did a bit of hybrid. So this morning I stayed in my hotel room and watched some of the, the bigger conf- bigger sessions and because I was just kind of like, well, there's a lot, a lot of people in the room. So just my COVID, the COVID comfort level, I wanted to, I was going to go to kind of smaller talks in person and the huge talks. I was going to kind of do hybrid virtually is kind of what I did this morning with the, with the opening talk and the updates and clinical clinical medicine and clinical research talks that were huge and very uh, full of people and there's there's overflow rooms for them so they're very big so I, I did those kind of at my hotel room but now I'm coming this afternoon to kind of go to some smaller talks Sounds good. So you're giving a talk tomorrow and it sort of dovetails quite nicely into one of your big uh, areas of interest. Can you tell us a bit about it? Sure, yeah. So I'm giving a talk on the history of well, the societal impacts of plagues and pandemics throughout history. So the reason this came up, which I'll also talk about tomorrow morning, is it, ACR reached out to me and said, oh, you know, you're, like, you're a storyteller and would you want mentioned giving a talk at ACR? And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I, and I'd love to. And they kind of asked me what I'd be interested in, how it could be related 
to COVID-19. I was kind of like, well, you know, I probably shouldn't be talking about directly about COVID-19 because there's a whole lot more people who know more about it than I do. But I'm happy to talk about, like, us talking about maybe, like, the history of how, how plagues have impacted societies in the past and what we've learned from it. So that's kind of what I'm doing tomorrow. So I'm walking through two. I'm talking about walking through the Black Death and I'm walking through the pandemics and how they kind of shaped society for somewhat for the better sometimes and somewhat obviously for the worse with, you know, millions of people dying. But it had, it, I think all these things have kind of unex, unexpected consequences from the pandemic, not just from death, not just from the economic turmoil, but for example, from 1918, we kind of got a lot of a better understanding of viruses. We got a lot better understanding of, of, of vaccine trials, which even led the paved the way for the polio vaccine. So it's, there's a lot of things that came from 1918 that people don't really realize. I didn't really realize and so I, I kind of really dug into it. So that's what kind of drives me in is stories of medicine and the humanity behind it and just these geniuses who don't no one knows about that did all this work, you know, and I think about how for me to kind of like learn something I, I my learning style I, I, I need to know where it came from and I, I kind of get a much better appreciation of as like the science developed over the course of decades often it kind of gives me a better appreciation of uh, things we kind of take for granted like a good example is I did a podcast on rheumatic fever you know post-strep rheumatic fever and it was like oh you know streptococcus sore throat leads to rheumatic fever but it took like six decades of work <laughs> to, get to get to that little sentence that I just said of uh, like how many different scientists working to figure out all the different causes of strep and then to define rheumatic fever. So I think it kind of helps me stay in my brain better to kind of really appreciate that history behind it and kind of give give people kudos to did all that work that no one really knows but I didn't know about until I, I dug into it. So that's what I really love and that's why I, I kind of took this opportunity at ACR to kind of, I think, give a unique spin on the pandemic and like how this, how society has changed it and how that mirrors today even, even from the Black Death, how did society change that we can still see today happening in uh, around the globe really. So this is probably a, a technical question. So we, we heard yesterday in, in one of the opening sessions that uh, the plague may have actually selected out for people with auto-inflammatory disease. I know it's early on. Do you think COVID is going to have that same effect or do you think something like our controls of the disease and treatments and vaccinations is going to alter that? Yeah, it's a great question. So the question is, you know, in, when you have all this massive people dying, like the Black Death, you know, you had between, there's some regional variability, but you have you know, between a third and half the population dying in areas. It seems like kind of, and if you got it, it's like a 50 to 70% mortality rate. So what, what was special about those 30, 40% of people who got it and didn't die? So now we have pretty good evidence that um, the uh, the uh, it's called YOMP, the, the pathogenic factor for your pestis, actually blocks the inflammasome from working. So that's one of the virulence factors. So people who had a mutation in the MEFV gene, which is the, the gene for familiar Mediterranean fever, when your pestis binds and tries to block the inflammasome, it doesn't work. The inflammasome keeps going and keeps pumping out interleukin-1 beta. So that's kind of what we think that mutation actually allowed for protection against your pestis. I mean, it begs the question why you have, you know, a carrier frequency of familiar fever of a 10, 11% in certain populations. That's a huge number. Like uh, the, the example that people use when you think about like, kind of common, very bad diseases are like cystic fibrosis. And it's the most common, uh, uh, potentially fatal in the Western play, uh, western part of the world. And it's, uh, it's, it's carrier frequency is 4%. So familiar fever in certain populations is 11%. So why is 
is that, right? So there must be something driving that. So it looks like at least today, at least that uh, protection from Yersinia pestis was was part of it. And, and again, Yersinia pestis wasn't just the Black Death. It was you know thousands of years of people dying from from Yersinia pestis in episodes. But Black Death was by far like, the biggest one. Is there another question? <laughs> uh, whether you think the same ne- mechanisms oh, will yeah. apply to COVID? Yeah, that's a great question. So the question is, you know, if if we see that from the Black Death, all these people dying and it kind of causing a, a kind of a change in our genetics. So the answer is, I think, no, that it's not going to happen with COVID. And the reason that is, is because the Black Death killed eight, aged indiscriminately. So you have, you know, you have two-year-olds dying and you have, you know, four-year-olds dying. But COVID is predominantly affecting older people who have passed reproductive age. So it seems that I'd, if it happens, I think it'd be much more subtle. I think that, but it's because, again, diseases that would do it are going to be are diseases that kill young people, and that's going to be 1918, and it's going to be the Black Death. That are you saying pests in general that, that that's going to do it? Because I think, again, I think COVID is, is, is too much on, the, on people who are no longer reproductive age that are dying. So I don't think it'll have, have as big an impact. Yeah. Okay. And just a final question, our listeners don't know that you've actually spent some time in Australia. So this question is probably a bit easy for you. What's what's one thing that you've heard about Australia, one myth that you wish were true? One myth that I wish was true. Oh, I thought you guys all liked Foster's beer. <laughs> and my American culture taught me that Australians love Foster's. When I got to, when I got to Australia, no one was drinking Foster's. So that was that was surprising. But something that were true is you literally have kangaroos everywhere. So I went to University of Sunshine Coast for a semester. I right north of Brisbane had a great time. But there was literally kangaroos just hopping all over the campus. So that was just unbelievable. And that's all you know. As a kid, you imagine Australia like animals everywhere, and it's actually turned out to be true. <laughs> yeah, well, for the cute and fuzzy ones, that's okay. For the deadly ones, maybe not not so okay. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you, Adam, for being such a wonderful guest. And thanks for giving us such an interesting insight into the history of medicine. I'd encourage everyone to listen to Adam's podcast, which is Helio Rumination. Some amazing podcast episodes on the history and intersection between rheumatology. So this is Julian Segan reporting for Rheumatology Republic at ACR 2022 in Philadelphia. Rheumatology Republic In Conversation podcast is brought to you by the Medical Republic team. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast player. You also might like our podcast, The Tea Room, to keep up with the general practice of healthcare and running a successful clinic. But for the latest news and views about rheumatology, check out the Rheumatology Republic website, www.rheuma.com.au. There you can easily subscribe to our email newsletter or print copies of the Rheumatology Republic magazine. We love to keep you informed, so thanks for tuning in.